Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, in anticipation of this fall's election, the Confluence Cast is endeavoring to introduce Columbus voters to the 12 council and two mayoral candidates in their own words. Today... Despite the challenges that the city faces, Melissa Green, council candidate for District 6, remains optimistic about the future of Columbus. In today's interview, Green talks about her background in social work, program ideas, and the importance of neighborhood communication. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here with Melissa Green, candidate for Columbus City Council for District 6. Melissa, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Uh, Let's kick it off. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and sort of what brings you to this candidacy. Yeah. So um, probably first and foremost, I'm a mom. I have a two and a half year old son. Um, I am in a long-term relationship with um, a small business owner and environmental entrepreneur. Um, and I'm a very proud licensed social worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, my background and my specializations in macro social work and more specifically in the substance use disorder space um, okay. and harm reduction space. So any interventions for um, folks who are experiencing active addiction would be kind of... Why do you apply the word macro to that? What does that mean? Well, so um, I think kind of where I specialize is more in the social like welfare policy law sort of interventions, things systems level work. So a lot of times I think when people think of social work, we have kind of a one dimensional view of what that is, mostly in kind of like the child welfare context, right? So um, your child welfare system workers, but um, their field is incredibly dynamic um, and it requires people that are working in direct practice, program policy development, um, as well as kind of that political advocacy work, which is kind of where I'm at right now. Is it fair to say that you are a social worker, but not a caseworker then? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Got be it. Fair to say. Cool. 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 <laughs> and then what brings you to being a candidate? Um, well, I mean, I, so I think for me, um, you know, kind of starting off in my career, um, I did work in direct practice as a child and family therapist. And, um, I, I didn't have to do that job for very long before I started seeing recurrent patterns across my clients. So, um, as a therapist, right, it's my job to assess and diagnose, you know, a kid that's coming to me with some sort of mental health condition, right. So that they can receive treatment for it. But what became really obvious to me very quickly, is that um, I wouldn't necessarily describe the children I was working with or their families as having a quote-unquote disorder. Um, What I was seeing is that their presenting symptoms were more um, the result of the abnormal situations that they were experiencing in their life and them having normal reactions to those. And so for me, um, you know, it 
it was like, well, you know, I could treat this one child, um, but then, you know, we're going to have to continue the cycle. There's going to be another one and another one after that. So where can I go to have the greatest positive impact to do the most good and to kind of address the inequities in our system that are contributing to the persistence of these conditions? And so that's kind of what drove me into um, macro social work. And throughout my career, I feel like I've been kind of following this path of, um, of, you know, trying to make decisions and make career moves where I'm able to have a larger systemic, um, you know, kind of positive impact in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that finding myself here today, I definitely didn't think that becoming a social worker was going to be my one way ticket into public office. I don't think many folks do, um, do kind of, you know, imagine themselves in that role, but you do become a social worker because you care and you want to dedicate your life to helping communities and helping people reach their full potential. And so being here today is kind of a culmination of that journey, um, that we've been on to just try to do the most good that I can with the time that I have. And that role in city council would then contribute, try to basically solve some of those systemic issues that you've previously identified. Yeah. Yeah. Got that, it. That's the hope. Got it. Talk through either through that lens or through a, a citizen lens or a politician lens of what issues you believe Columbus is facing. Well, I mean, I think that Columbus is not that dissimilar to a lot of other cities across the United States. You know, we have some real um, social economic um, inequalities that we're facing. I think part of that is a result of, uh, you know, the rapid growth that we're experiencing, um, coupled with the pandemic, coupled with, you know, just overall in society. You know, we haven't always done a good job of taking care of people, especially those that are experiencing hardship. Um, and so for me, you know, coming on to council, I definitely feel like there are um, a few core areas that I immediately want to get to work and, mm -hmm. and start to have a positive impact. Um, and those would, would be um, in the environmental space um, and then looking at our interventions to address substance use disorder across Columbus and building upon the work that we've done that kind of got um, stalled in a lot of ways because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, and then also trying to take a really, um, a really comprehensive look. You know, we're having a lot of conversations across the city about housing and the need for housing, um, but, but, you know, kind of coupling those conversations with a really comprehensive look at how we can better support uh, people who are currently unhoused mm -hmm. um, that might be living on the land and building out um, a system here in Columbus that is able to meet the needs of that community across the full continuum of care. Um, but kind of embedded in those three things that I'm most passionate about and, and ready to get to work on immediately, I think is kind of this overarching problem that we're facing, not just in Columbus, but as a society in general, where we've, we, it seems like we've kind of lost touch with each other. We've, we've lost this sense of connection. Um, you know, when you're looking at in the substance use disorder space, you know, we talk a lot about how the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. We would talk about, um, you know, interventions to support people who are currently unhoused. You know, we can point to commonalities um, across the community, which are certainly, I don't want to generalize and paint everyone with a broad brush, but, mm -hmm. you know, common things that folks are experiencing addiction or mental health challenges. Um, but we all have people in our lives that 
have experienced those same issues, right? And and um, the difference between why they might not be on the street is because they have community, right? And so mm-hmm. we've had we we're experiencing, I think, this almost like catastrophic loss of community that um, is just kind of woven throughout these issues that we're experiencing: the rises in violence, um, environmental issues, and littering and trash. You know, kind of. Um, this this lack of accountability to each other, which is a lot more difficult to legislate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot easier just to stack bricks on top of each other and build a house somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I think I think you know making sure that that's at the forefront of the way that we're legislating, um, making sure that it's a, a present part of the dialogue that we're having as a community, um, it, I think is an important first step to being able to then kind of build a coalition that can address these issues holistically so there's some legislation you can do right to address those three core areas that you talked about which are environmental issues substance abuse issues and then housing whether that's the folks that are unhoused or simply making sure that there is affordable housing in the city those seem legislatable uh is the that other part that that overriding part a stigma addressing issue or a just sort of how how we talk about these things and how we think about these issues I mean I think it's a little bit of both okay um I think I think it's important to have these conversations um so I mean making kind of helping along broad sweeping societal change obviously is like a very big undertaking Mm -hmm. and it takes years and generations even um, to kind of reframe in all of our minds the way that we are supporting people and one another. Um, But I think, you know, it, it, it starts with, you know, having direct conversations about stigma. It starts with um, making sure that as we're legislating, we're connecting the dots. Like a good example would be, um, you know, the work that's happening at our in our library system, for example, okay. right? The core mission and values of a library probably you would think would be around um, ac- equitable access to knowledge and education, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and opportunity to learn. Um, but what what we see in a lot of our libraries, specifically on the hilltop, you know, where I live, they they do a lot of human services work, right? Mm-hmm. They do a lot of um, connecting people to resources. They now have their own specialists that they've hired to be able to support people who are coming in that are unhoused or might be experiencing addiction and try to help get linkages for them. Um, and so so that, as they were kind of putting plans in place for the development um, of the library system, that wasn't at the forefront, probably, mm-hmm. of what they were anticipating. Right. And so then, you know, I think the lens through which I approach a lot of these problems is, and how I think we can, um, how we can sort of naturally start baking into the pie supports for one another um, is by keeping that always at the forefront, you know, keeping the people centered in our conversations and our discussions and our work um, and kind of anticipating uh, the needs that might exist as we're legislating so that we're naturally baking them into the pie. Mm-hmm. It's not something we're having to respond to down the road. Okay. Switching gears just a little bit. Tell me about we're entering into a new uh, districting system in Columbus can you give sort of your thoughts on that and how you believe that will affect you as a potential council person? Um, yeah, you know, I, I didn't participate in the, um, in the redistricting commission Mm -hmm. or in the charter review commission. So I wasn't really an active part of 
the process of getting us to where we're at today. Um, I think that it, I think that it's really exciting time. I think it's exciting time because we're changing the structure of council. We're changing the number of council members that are here. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do really value just even as a constituent have, um, having the districts and knowing that there's going to be people that are kind of within our proximity that are, you know, involved in, in, in our individual neighborhoods and activities, um, that are going to be working, in council. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it is an interesting kind of system that we've set up here because, you know, historically it's always, you know, a lot of places anyways, most, most places seem like there's this, this dichotomy that's it's either at large or, you know, Mm. you have a a full ward system. And what we've done here is really kind of this, find this third way, Mm -hmm. um, of doing things, something that I think, um, really kind of taps into, the best of both of those two systems. Um, I do state level advocacy work all day. Um, and so we work a lot, especially recently through the budget process, um, across the street at the state house, mm-hmm. um, trying to push for changes and legislative changes. And one thing that I think has been so frustrating now for me, I think more than ever, and maybe it's just, that it seems like it's more on the surface, but, um, you know, every single week, we have legislators that are driving into our city mm-hmm. from other parts of the state that are creating laws and policy and legislation that negatively impacts the health and the safety of our neighborhoods here in Columbus. Mm-hmm. They are trying to restrict our bodily autonomy. They're trying to ban our black histories. They're trying to erase all our LGBTQI plus identities. They're trying to put weapons of war in the hands of people where they don't belong. Mm-hmm. And it's damaging to our neighborhoods here in Columbus. And then those folks leave at the end of the day, they get into their cars, they drive home to their neighborhoods, and you and I never have an opportunity to vote for them or against them hmm. because we don't live in their neighborhood. And I, I, you know, that doesn't feel very democratic to me. And mm-hmm. I don't know that we're at a point right now in Columbus where we want to be pitting neighbors against neighbors and neighborhoods against neighborhoods. So to be able to kind of tap into, you know, both the best of having someone who has been engaged in your community, who understands and drives your streets on the way to work every day, while also making sure that we're all still able to work together and share a unified vision. I see that as um, as being a really interesting concept at a mm-hmm. minimum. Um, Democracy is a great experiment. And so hopefully, you know, as we keep going on, we can be able to be flexible and amenable to changes as we learn what works better and what doesn't. Got it. Lastly, want to ask you basically what's your what's your pitch? What's your unique value proposition for why folks should vote for you? Um, you know, I mean, I think I think I bring a really unique perspective um, into this work. Uh, we have never had a licensed social worker who served on Columbus City Council before, which is really interesting to me because right now we're at this point where sometimes it feels like social works are social workers are kind of this one size fits all solution, mm-hmm. you know, addiction or poverty or you know housing insecurity or now here in Columbus police reform, and so um, so to be able to kind of add this new tool into the toolbox and this perspective as we are kind of working together to to figure out where we go from here during this time of growth, I think is really um, an incredibly unique opportunity. Um, and to be able to kind of build coalition, I think for me as well as someone who, who has worked in the field for a long time, you know, the work that we do as social workers or folks in human services that are trying to help 
people in the community reach their full potential and overcome challenges and barriers, right? That work has always felt so politicized. It's always felt so regulated and, you know, the funding that gets allocated is dictated by people and the rules that are set are dictated by people at the top mm-hmm. who I've never felt like had a full understanding, right, of, of what the real implications would be as they trickle down into the work we're doing in, and towards the community. Mm. That happens more, you know, at the state and federal level with, like, federal guidelines around accreditation and things like that. But just to, just to um, be able to kind of create space for inclusion in those processes for other mm-hmm. folks in the field as well as for the, the people um, that we're serving in the community, I think... Um, is an, a really exciting opportunity, and I am ready to get to work. <laughs> okay. Uh, every podcast interview, not just these council candidate interviews, I ask, what do you think Columbus is doing well, and what do you think Columbus is not doing so well? So I think that um, Columbus is an incredible place where folks who want to become engaged um, there, there's easy pathways for folks to do that if they want to, uh, mm-hmm. a good example, kind of like what led me down this road, even to begin with, right. Um, is, uh, back in the day, you used to live on the South side, right? Were you on the no. South? Oh no. Well on the, on the South side, back in the day, uh, the United Way used to fund this little newspaper called the South side voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would show up at your house weekly. And so I was kind of new to Columbus and was feeling this kind of missing link, um, wanting to have more sense of community. And there was this little teeny tiny classified ad in the paper that was, you know, just kind of something along the lines of, are you interested in uh, getting involved in your community or your civic association? Uh, Contact your neighborhood liaison. And I did. And I went to this meeting and I met with her for an hour and I walked out of the building um, and I got in my car and I'm like, that's the job I want to do. Like that's, you know, that this is like where I need to be engaged. And so, you know, just through that kind of a little bit of a process was able to get involved in, in all kinds of activities I would have otherwise never known were happening in the community. And, and everyone was so welcoming. Any idea you brought to the table, you know, there's someone that can help you help you actualize that, um, you know, it's kind of a dream it, you can do it sort of city. Mm-hmm. One of the things though, that I think, um, that I think we should be always looking to do better, um, is telling our stories. Um, I think it kind of gets back to this, this piece that we talked about around connection, right? Um, you know, sharing with people our successes and helping kind of carve out, carve out um, an identity isn't just important for, you know, brand development of a city, right? Mm -hmm. It's important in engagement, right? Like if you don't have a sense of hope, if you don't have a sense of belief, if you don't see all of the work that's happening in the community or at the city, but especially in the community, all the community leaders who are activating to try to help uplift each other and, and the folks around them, all the incredible nonprofit organizations that are working day in and day out um, to help people overcome hardship. If we're not sharing those successes and those stories with folks, 
it, it can become a real barrier um, for giving people a reason to feel like they should participate. If you don't believe that people are hearing your voice or your concerns, um, if you don't see um, progress happening in your neighborhood and you don't hear the stories of those, then mm-hmm. you know it's a it's a lot easier to get um, kind of stuck in this self fulfilling prophecy where why would I, you know, why would I put myself out there or dedicate my time to this? Um, and so I think I think that's probably the most important reason why. Um, why we we need to be really trying to find um, and highlight all the good that's happening around the city. Okay. Melissa, thank you for your time. Thank you much. Thank you for listening to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite social worker. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. Our producer is Philip Cogley. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week. Thank you.